Welcome to episode 41 of the Positively Pro Wrestling Podcast. I'm your host, Steve Fountas. With me is... Eric Sanchez. What's up, Eric? How's it going today, oh, this Friday? It's, it's going great. Good, good. So hold on one second. I'm just up the volume really quick here. Up the volume on my end. It is in my headphones, so I can hear okay. everything better. All right. Uh, guys, make sure you're following us on Twitter at PPW Podcast. If you get information on shows and now giveaways, <laughs> uh, Positively Pro Wrestling Podcast on SoundCloud and iTunes. If this is the first time you are here, hit the subscribe button on iTunes. You'll get the shows every week. Or if you're an Android user or a Google user or whatever, uh, the SoundCloud app feeds in your favorite podcast app. Just search for Positively Processing Podcast. Positively Processing Podcast at gmail.com if you would like to send us an email. And we have a t shirt shop at whatamaneuver.net. Search for Positively Processing Podcast. You'll find it. And if you buy a shirt, it helps support, pay for basically the hosting fees of the show every week or every month. This week's show was kind of a, a show I wanted to do for a while. I just haven't gotten around to it. And it is WWF in 1995, and it is finding the positive stuff in a year that is historically looked back on as kind of crappy and laughable with the gimmicks. Uh, business was down quite a bit that year, house shows. And if you go on the network and watch some of the old Raws, they're literally in high school gyms. You can see the old banners up and the mm-hmm. basketball hoops and stuff. <clears throat> now, we'll get into some stuff in a minute. Uh, we both have lists. But when I sent you this initially, you were like, I wasn't really watching that. What was the, the quote you gave me? You are interested in, in what, 95? <laughs> well, if your daughter's listening, I'll just say I was interested in uh, extracurricular activities okay. in high school. <laughs> okay. Rather than wrestling. So you gave up. You were lapsed for a little bit. Yeah, kind of. I got more into music. I think that's what happens when you go to high school. You get more yeah. music, rock music. Well, for me, it was rock you're, music. So you're probably, what, like a freshman in high school then, in 95? Uh, yeah. Okay. Well, sophomore. Okay, because in 95, I would have been in sixth grade, I think. Yeah. yeah. So, but three years younger than you, so that makes sense, three or four years younger. So, for me, you know, I'm still all in for wrestling. Like, wrestling is, like, hardcore yeah. for me, so they could have put anything on, and I was yeah. still obsessed with it. Like, it wasn't something that I felt ashamed about because I watched. It was just my interest just, you know, went into different directions and just stopped. Wrestling went to the wayside. Yeah, for sure. Now... There's a lot of stuff we could talk about this week, and we're going to talk about this week, from matches to storylines to characters to all that stuff. Let's first talk about why some people think it was so bad. And I think it was these ridiculous characters that, looking back now, if you watch it, you would love because they're just so over the top and terrible. Yeah. This was the occupation era mm-hmm. where everybody has a second job, from dentist to garbage men to baseball players to fitness models and exercise gurus to everything. I went online and, and pulled up the WWF roster real quick, and here's a few of the gimmicks that were crazy that year. 
There was Fought too, but he was making a difference in his community. Remember that? No. <laughs> <laughs> Look him up. Okay, so Fatu, a.k.a. Rakishi, uh-huh. had a gimmick where he came back and was wearing, he was like helping inner youth kids. Was that before or after Quang? He was Quang, right? Yes. Okay. It was after. All right. Uh, so Quang's also in this year. There was Men on a Mission, Moe and Mabel, who yeah. actually were there in 94, but there was a heel turn where he was King Mabel and Sir Moe. I got a kick out of them. <laughs> Did you get a kick out of Men, and, Men on a Mission or King Mabel? Actually, both. Oh, man, I hated King Mabel. We'll, we'll get into him in a second yeah. in his King of the Ring victory, his SummerSlam main event. Adam Baum, who was a just a pun. Uh, right. Timothy Well and Stephen Dunn, they were the tag team known as Well, well Done. Well done. <laughs> uh, the Doctor of Desire, Tom Pritchard, and the Gigolo, Jimmy Del Rey, the Heavenly Bodies. Yeah. I hated the Heavenly Bodies, which I was supposed to because they were heels with Jim Cornette. The Mighty Quang, as is previously mentioned. Bob Sparkplug Holly, the race car driver. Duke the Dumpster Drossy, one of the more famous ones you think about when when yeah. he's a garbage man. I love Duke Drossy. I think we've talked about him before. I was a big fan. I, well, I, I have a list, back. and it's like guys that, I don't know, they're so bad that they're like fun to watch. Okay. Well, we'll get through mine here. Well, no, I, that's even one some of, of the ones that you're mentioning is yeah, interesting that, to go back and watch. The Portuguese Man of War, Aldo Montoya. Mm-hmm. With underwear on his head. A.K.A. Just Incredible. Mm-hmm. Uh, Rad Radford. Who was Louis Piccoli? Yeah, I didn't like him. No, me neither. <laughs> and <laughs> he I, just looked like I don't know some guy from the crowd. He probably was the Mantar, of course, very famous right. old gimmick, the Mantar. We know him very well. Jacob and Eli Blue, the Blue Brothers, they had a WrestleMania match against the Allied Powers of mm-hmm. Lex Luger and uh, British Bulldog. Bulldog that year. Jean Pierre Lafatte, he was a pirate. The Body Donnas, Skip, Zip, and Sunny. <laughs> Love hated the body dons, which is supposed to. I have good guy Doink. So Doink, when he wasn't a heel, when he wasn't a cool evil clown, he was just yeah. a prankster. We've got Blue Blood Triple H. It's so funny looking back at his debut vignettes and his debut because he's faking a British accent, and at the time I didn't realize how bad it was. Mm-hmm. But watching, like, oh man, he can't do a British accent at all. Yeah. And it's so funny watching that. Also ridiculous how slim he was. Before some supplements entered his body, right? Um, hated Triple H was supposed to. Doctor Isaac Yankum, another super famous, you know, super right. famous guy who was a uh, <laughs> Jerry tur- Lawler's dentist, right? Turned into Kane. Yeah. And Avatar, who was Al Snow's first gimmick in the WWF. Yeah, I went back and I watched an Avatar and uh, Portuguese Man of War as a tag team, like teaming up on one superstar. Uh huh. That's I mean, that's money right there. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> But all these things, even like as I'm reading them and how ridiculous they are, they're still bringing back fun memories of me watching these guys on Superstars and Challenge and, and right. Action Zone as a kid and Livewire. Yeah. Because Raw was on, but these other shows, like the Saturday morning shows, were still on 95. Mm-hmm. This is where you would see your, your fun guys like this. Uh, Hakushi, who we, we'll talk about a little bit later. Dean Douglas, who I couldn't stand. The Ringmaster, I think we all know who he is, Stone Cold Steve Austin. And Santa Claus, who is a evil Santa Claus. Right. Santa Claus with an X. So do you have any other that stand out? That the I only other one that I have that you didn't mention was MVP, um, the guy that came out with the baseball uh, stuff on his face. He was there, like, earlier in the but year. But wasn't that Abe Knuckleball Schwartz? Uh, I don't know. Okay, let me look but, him up really quick. And then the other one that I had towards the end of the year was, uh, which to me, just a poor man's uh, Ric Flair. Similar music. Same robe, long blonde hair. It was the Nature Boy, Buddy, uh, Buddy Landell. Do you remember him? 
I do. He was on uh, an In Your House show. He wrestled Ahmed Johnson. Yeah, I think the In Your House 5. I'm like, yeah. what the heck is this? <laughs> yeah, I think Knuckleball Schwartz and MVP are the same person. Okay. They just switched names. But he was right. he's the Brooklyn Brawler, for those yeah. who don't know. Just those, those those are the list of ridiculous names. You say Waylon Mercy? No, because okay. I liked Waylon Mercy. Okay. Even now, in the match I watched with him in the In Your House match, he comes out like shaking people's hands like, oh, nice to see you, <laughs> nice to see you. And then like, he snaps, you know, he's just the Cape Fear character yeah. from Robert De Niro. Now, we've got a bunch of people on Twitter. This was a Twitter thread. I'm going to read Hold as much as I Man can. Man Mountain Rock? Did you say that? One? No, I missed Man Mountain Rock. Yeah. I sent a picture out about him, though. So when I saw him, I remember him as Max Payne because I watched WCW. Okay. And Max Payne was, it was kind of corny over there, too, but WCW being like, I don't know, second fiddle to WWF, you expect kind of corny and cheesy stuff. <laughs> so I thought that was kind of weird that he was uh, in WWF as at uh, Man Mountain Rock. Yeah, and he had the WWF guitar. <laughs> he did. <laughs> Which was just fantastic. Any other ones you got? No, that's it. Just those, just those crazy ones? Yeah. Let's, oh, well, you can talk about this a little bit. So one of the first ones we talked about on Twitter were the first responses from uh, Pat Sheridan at Patrick S 23 his thing he loved in 95 was WWF WrestleMania, the arcade game. Mm-hmm. And then you found, like, a picture of everything set up with how much those games cost in 95? Yeah, that was, I think, In Your House 5 I was watching. They, you know, did little breaks yeah. and did little promo stuff like that. So they had the um, PlayStation, PlayStation 1, uh, Super Nintendo, Entertainment System, and, and Sega, uh, Sega right? Genesis. Yeah. So they had the prices on there, $69.99, <laughs> plus shipping and handling for the Super Nintendo one. But they gave you a free uh, VHS like strategies and codes and you're not going to get this in store so you're only going to get it here <laughs> so order today and you get this vhs that's and, great you know you'll be the talk of the town <laughs> 70 bucks for a game man that's ridiculous like i i know i didn't buy that game that was a rental for sure we definitely rented that game yeah. in sega but i definitely didn't buy that one the other person on twitter we've got here at, at oh the horror 2 he says, Shawn Michaels versus Razor Ramon's ladder match at SummerSlam 95. Mm-hmm. We'll get into that one in a little bit because I want to talk more about that because that's, a, I think, better than their first yeah. ladder match. Yeah, I've told you that before. Uh, next one is D. Hudson 21. Being an Undertaker fan, loved when he came back from the Survivor Series and he came back with that face mask. I also was a big fan of that face mask. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was really like creepy, cool. It's like ghostly, evil, right. and it fit him perfectly. I don't think anyone else could really pull that off. And the mold was just <laughs> evil looking. The what? The mold of the mask. Oh, yeah, yeah. So this is the mole. Like the mole. <laughs> <laughs> the mole in the corner. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Undertaker had a mole? Yep. I remember he had a fake tear tattoo in the Attitude Era for a while. Remember that? <laughs> the mole replaced the druids. <laughs> uh, Frank the Tank at Tribe Fan 1988. Bret Hart versus Diesel in 95. We'll talk more about that and at Survivor Series. They also had a match at the Royal Rumble 95 at the start of the year, mm-hmm. which we could talk about. The debut of Goldust, the pairing of Owen and Yokozuna, and his favorite match was... British Bulldog versus Bret Hart in your house. Uh, and we will talk more about that match, too, because that's a great match to talk about. Mm-hmm. But Goldust, I think Goldust started really hitting his stride in 96 yeah. as far as his major feuds and things like that. But I definitely remember his vignettes. And I remember being weirded out that that was a wig he was wearing. I always thought that okay. was real hair when he debuted. Yeah, You probably wouldn't have known that because you weren't really watching. But well, they I a lot of watch vignettes. maybe once a month. you know, yeah. And I wouldn't really pay too much attention to it. But I was kind of aware of who was who yeah so i remember manta i remember duke the drumster drumster <laughs> the drumster drosty and guy and even adam bomb i thought was really cool <laughs> yeah and we've got another uh at the best of wwf 
and he loved Diesel's title run. Diesel was one of his, always his favorites, and this mm. kind of spiraled into a Twitter thing about who liked Diesel, who didn't, and wanting his fingerless gloves as an accessory yeah. in the merchandise department. We could talk. We'll touch base on Diesel later on in the show because he was such a big part of '95. Uh, greetings from Allentown at GF Allentown Pod. Shout out to Greetings from Allentown. Last week he did a show about wrestling challenge where Jim the Anvil Nightheart was one of the the play-by-play guys, the uh-huh. color guys. And that was actually a special request from me to do it, and he did it for me. So thank you for doing that show. He said, Shawn Michaels versus the Marine in Syracuse, New York. <laughs> for those who don't know, Shawn It was Mich- untelevised. Right. <laughs> Shawn Michaels is at a bar talking shit, uh, I think to like girls or something. It depends on whose story you believe. And the Marines came up beat the hell out of him to the point where he couldn't wrestle. He had a concussion. He had to forfeit the IC title to Dean Douglas on an in-your-house pay-per-view, mm-hmm. and they beat him up pretty bad. So that's too soon, Green's Mail in town. And Lance... Too soon? <laughs> yeah, as a joke. Lance Roz, 25, I think he wins with his response saying, the only correct answer is the debut of With My Baby Tonight. That's right. Great song. Great song for sure. You don't have that queued up, do you? I will. I, 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 let's just say we'll play it right now. Wonderful. Is my baby tonight. (laughs) I loved his vignettes. Yes. Ain't I great? He was so. J E double F J E double R E double T. (laughs) Double J. (laughs) He's a guy that's been around forever. Mm. He's still wrestling somewhere. TNA or whatever he's doing. NWA. Global. This is just a rumor, but he's done with uh, Global or whatever he's doing. And there's a rumor that he might be inducted into the Hall of Fame. The WWE Hall of Fame? Because he has nothing to do with competition right now. Okay. Maybe. That's just a rumor. This year? Yeah. Interesting. So we'll see what happens. Uh, ring skirts, how about Barry Horrible? He, he, he wrote Horowitz? Horowitz. Yes. <laughs> he wrote that. Not, that wasn't a slip of the tongue. He wrote Barry Horrible Wits. Getting some uh, pay-per-view payoffs. He was into the job or getting some wins. Mm-hmm. Me too. I liked him slapping on the back and everything too. Oh, yeah. He was great. Uh, wrestling figure maniac. Bret Hart versus Diesel Survivor Series 95. We'll talk about that for sure. Uh, this one, Jamie Taylor at Closer to the Edge 7, Pamela Anderson in that white dress at Rumble 95. Yeah. We talked about Pam Anderson last week on our celebrities thing, how she looked so bored to be there and at WrestleMania that year, but you can't deny how she looked, especially yeah. in 95. She was the standard for beauty in mid-90s, was Pam for Anderson, sure. right? And I watched the the Royal Rumble to where you know she would escort the winner to the, uh, yeah. WrestleMania. And the first scene opens up where she, you know, limo's pulling up. She gets out. All of a sudden, they start playing this cheesy porn music. And she's, like, <laughs> getting out because she's, like, super sexy uh-huh. and all this kind of stuff. All the guys in the back are, like, hooting and hollering and clapping. Like, hey, Pam, hey, you know, pick me. Like, what the <laughs> hell? <laughs> Hashtag creepy. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, at uh, Aaron Quinn, Miss Aaron Quinn, one, two, three, kid versus the roadie and Brett versus all the weird gimmicks. Yeah. We're going to go down Bret Hart's pay-per-view matches he had in 95 and it's makes you feel a little upset maybe we'll we'll do that we'll do that next 
I remember he had, I don't know, just weird matches on Monday Night Raw. Yeah. Like with just everybody. average guys. Yeah, everybody. Mm-hmm. You talked about the America Online room. Yeah. We'll talk about that a little bit. We're definitely dating ourselves. We'll talk about that a little bit. And then also the Horror Movie Barbecue. Give him a give chat a follow at Horror Movie BBQ. We were talking about the the merch and things like that. Mm-hmm. And he had the Shawn Michaels hat autographed. And there's a picture of him and Shawn Michaels getting an autograph by HBK. Yeah. He sent it on Twitter. Follow him, guys, at Horror Movie Barbecue. He's got an awesome blog and website. Let's talk about all the weird gimmicks that Bret Hart had that year. He had some awesome matches in 95. He had, we'll talk about those after this, but he had, mm-hmm. as far as awesome matches, to start off the year, he faced Diesel for the WWF title. So let's back up a little bit. Bret Hart won the WWF title in 94, WrestleMania 10. Yeah. Then he has he had a run up until Survivor Series 94. He pretty much feuded throughout the summer and the fall with his brother Owen. And Survivor Series 94, he faced Bob Backlund for the WWF title, and Bob Backlund won. And it was an I quit mm-hmm. match where the only way you can win is throwing your towel. For a little bit of history on this match, Bob Backlund came back to the WWF in 93. And he was just your all-American good guy. And it was kind of weird that he came back in his 40s, and especially at the time WF's pushing all this youth and everything like that. Yeah. So Bob Backlund lost the WWF title to the Iron Sheik because his manager threw in the towel and the Sheik had the Cobra Clutch on him, or no, the Camel Clutch. Early 80s. Yes, and then Sheik the next week lost the title to Hulk Hogan, mm-hmm. and that launched Hulkamania, all that so stuff. So you're not even going back to 94 or 93. Now you're going <laughs> to like that's That's Bob Backlund's history. So he came yeah. back. He had a great showing in the 93 Rumble, was there forever, or in a long time. Then he had a gimmick where he started snapping. He had a WWF title match versus Bret Hart and I think Superstars. Ended up being a really good match. Bret Hart beat him. Mm-hmm. After the match, Backlund snapped, put him in the chicken wing, and then he would look at his hands. He was doing this crazy character, which then for some reason earned him a title shot. So the match happens at Survivor Series, 94. It's a very old school match if you guys want to watch it. It's pretty long. It's like 40 minutes. <laughs> Bret Hart has the British Bulldog in his corner as the th- towel thrower. Backlund has Owen Hart as the towel thrower. There's a thing where something happens where Owen Hart gets British Bulldog to chase him around the ring. Bulldog then crashes into the steps and is knocked out cold, apparently, like he got shot mm-hmm. for a long time. And then Backlund has got Bret in the chicken wing for around nine minutes. Owen starts pleading with his mom, you have to throw the towel in, because Bret's parents are at ringside, by the way. Yeah. She throws the towel in, Brett loses the title. Backlund then goes on to lose to Diesel a couple nights later in Madison Square Garden, a non-televised show. Diesel's the new WWF champion. This leads us to the first match of 95 for Brett, the pay-per-view, which is versus Diesel. Mm-hmm. Very, very good match. There's no clear finish because it's a lot of uh, interference. Shawn Michaels comes in to hurt Diesel, and then uh, Owen Hart comes in to hurt Brett. And Backlund comes in. Yeah, exactly. And Jeff Jarrett comes in. Yeah, it's weird. Like, all this stuff happens. And it was a good match. What, it was about 25 minutes? Yeah, maybe? it was a really good match. It was and a really these, good match. And then these guys come in and ruin it. Pretty much. Then you have the Wrestle... Then at WrestleMania that year, the main event is actually Lawrence Taylor versus Bam Bam Bigelow. But Bret Hart faces Bob Backlund in a weird submission match with Piper as the referee. Mm-hmm. It's supposed to be an I quit match, but Backlund never says I quit. He just kind of goes, Aah! like a weird thing, and then Piper calls the match. <laughs> so that's your first WrestleMania 11. Bret Hart's pushed to the side. So let me pull up really quick here. Uh, Bret Hart's opponents 
1995 at specifically pay-per-views. So Royal Rumble, we'll look up first Royal Rumble 95 and kind of go in order from there. You got Hakushi. No, that's not WrestleMania yet. No, that is... That's right after WrestleMania. No, that's right after the Royal Rumble. Oh, yeah, yeah, Mother's Day. Yeah, all right, so here we go. So the first pay-per-view after... Actually, oh, it's, it's, right it's after WrestleMania, WrestleMania right. Yeah. After WrestleMania 11 is In Your House 1, the first In Your House in 1995 in May. Bret Hart beats Hakushi, which is Hakushi's like a weird mid-card guy. Mm-hmm. Damn good match, by the way. Like, really, really good. Yeah. Really good match. I, I really liked him, and I really believed that he was tattooed. Me too. From Me too. Bottom. <laughs> uh, the, the last, like, five minutes of the Bret Hart-Hakushi match is, like, rocking. So definitely check that match out, guys. Um, and then, later in the same night, Bret Hart is defeated by Jerry Lawler. And Bret Hart's in some weird feud with Jerry Lawler for, like, it seemed like all of 95. Yeah. I don't know. I didn't get that, like, why he was in this 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 feud. So then we've got King of the Ring 95, that next month. And let's see where Bret Hart is. Oh, Bret Hart faces Jerry Lawler in a kiss my foot match where you got to kiss my royal feet. So, okay, two pay-per-views in a row. He's facing some kind of lower card guy getting mm-hmm. pushed down the card. Meanwhile, Mabel wins the King of the Ring match. This is regarded as one of the worst pay-per-views ever as far as match quality goes, so I definitely have to watch it for someone who loves bad wrestling. Yeah. So i got to go back and watch that. <clears throat> then we've got Maybe your, it was just uh, Vince's infatuation with uh, big guys. It had to have been. It had to have been. Then we get the second in your house, and is Bret Hart even on this pay-per-view? He's in a dark match against Jean-Pierre Lafitte against a pirate. The pirate. So Bret doesn't even make the pay-per-view for in your that house, sucks. too. Like, he's, uh, this just drives me nuts because how good Bret Hart is. Then we get SummerSlam 95. Do you remember who he faced there? No. The evil dentist, Isaac Yankum. <laughs> in addition, it's just, I'm just getting, like, an- anxious reading about poor Bret Hart in 95. <laughs> it's just getting stepped on. Pretty much. Like, we got we got to bring you Bret. <laughs> we got to bring you back, Bret. I, I, I don't know. I don't know if it was because Vince thought, okay, I've got, like, a, a hand that could work with anybody. Yeah. And then the next in your house. He was getting Ziggler. <laughs> I guess. But Ziggler, yeah, that's a pretty good comparison. But Ziggler never was the star that Brett was. No, I'm just saying that. And he's, then, a, he's a good guy that is like opening good yeah. matches and, and then, stuff like that. And the next match, Bret Hart faces Jean-Pierre Lafitte in a, as a pirate. And this is at In Your House 3. So we'll go to In Your House 4, Great White North, another horrible pay-per-view, so I definitely have to watch it. Made events, Diesel versus the Briz Bulldogs. So I guess I made the right choice watching In Your House 1 and 5. Yeah. Um, Bret Hart, in another dark match, defeats Isaac Yankum. And the reason these were dark matches, these were post-show, because In Your House pay-per-views were only two hours at, mm-hmm. a, at a discounted rate. So for the live crowd, they'd show all these dark matches. Then we've got Survivor Series 95. Finally, Bret is back in the main event scene. He faces Diesel for the WWF title in an amazing match. Mm-hmm. Amazing match. We'll talk. We'll get in, into depth in that in a sec. In your house five, another great match. He's defending the WWF title against the British Bulldog, and that's the last pay per view of '95. And then he goes on to '96 to face the Undertaker, another good pay per view in the January that year. So poor Bret Hart facing all these guys, <laughs> and like I just went down that list, and I couldn't imagine that'd be the equivalent. Of John Cena, which I guess he kind of did is, is right now, but he's also not a full time wrestler right now. Mm-hmm. Just facing nobody after nobody after nobody. Yeah. And Bret Hart, like, wasn't like he was putting anybody over. He just kept winning, which is great because he should have. But I don't know. That's just crazy to me. You're just laughing. 
You got nothing to say? No. <laughs> All right. Let's go down our list of stuff here. Uh, the first thing we'll talk about, staying on Bret Hart. A couple Bret Hart matches that we both liked a lot. First, the Bret Hart Diesel match from the 95 Rumble. We touched on that already because of all the interference and things like that. It was weird that they did this match, this good guy versus good guy match so early, but I guess it made sense for Brett to get a rematch. They had to do it there anyway. Right. That would make sense. Then we've got Bret Hart versus Hakushi at their in-your-house match. Let's talk about that one really quick because you liked that one a lot. So I was really you, surprised by it. Did you remember it or just, just watch the first time? Oh, no, I just watched it for the first okay. time. But I do remember Hakushi from, I don't know, Superstars or whatever show I'd watch every now and then. Just seeing him and thought he was cool. Um, but, yeah, I watched this in your house, and then two going back and forth. I thought it was, I don't know, just a really good match. Like, good counters, uh, maneuvers were pretty There's lots tight. of high, lots yeah. of high-flying stuff at the end, too. And the crowd is into it, for sure. Mm-hmm. And, expect, you know, kudos to Brett for elevating a guy like Hakushi up with who had no English and all that stuff. Yeah. And Hakushi's manager, Shin, whatever his name was. Yeah, guy with but, the white, white, white yeah, powder face. He, he just played the perfect heel manager. He would distract the ref. He'd have the ref turn around. He'd you know, hook Brett's uh, feet when he ran against the ropes and tried to trip him up. So mm-hmm. it was a good heel manager, and I don't know. I just liked it. Yeah, it was a, a damn good match. Also, there's a match, Bret Hart faced Takushi. It's on the Bret Hart Dungeon Collection. Mm-hmm. It's a match at Raw. It's not quite as good as their in-your-house match, but it's very, very good. So definitely check that out, guys, if you can. The Bret Hart Dungeon Collection DVD set. I believe the Dungeon Collection is also on the network um, under collections or home video collections or whatever so check i'm not sure if that matches though okay then we've got bret hart versus the british bulldog and in your house at when he was the wwf champion this was in philadelphia and the crowd was a lot of ecw fans this was an ecw first mm-hmm. starting to take off and you can kind of hear him chanting ecw at the start and vince has forced to like acknowledge it that there's a local wrestling promotion in town but the crowd slowly starts getting into it and then when Brett gets busted open, you hear him going, he's hardcore, he's hardcore. <laughs> I like this match way more than I like their SummerSlam match from, I think, 93. 92. 92. It was just so good. I, it is. I loved it. And there's hardcore spots. He, there's spots where they're doing uh, suplexes <clears throat> over the top rope and on the concrete floor and everything like that. Awesome match for sure. Mm-hmm. I think the theme we'll see in a lot of these pay-per-views in 95 is there's a, like one good match. And the rest is just garbage. Yeah. And that's, I think, a well, I big, think big problem with it. I think in your house five was kind of good. Yeah, yeah. Did in my watch, opinion. <laughs> did you watch the whole thing? <laughs> yeah, I watched, uh, there was Sid and the Kid against uh, Razor and Jannetty. I thought that was a really good match. Because mm-hmm. you got two big guys and two, uh, yeah. I guess, high flyers on each team. And, right. And they're, everybody's really, not really good, but everybody's good in the ring. And they know what they're doing, so it made the match really good. Um, Triple H. Um, Hunter Hearst Helmsley, that is, Hunter too. Hunter Hearst Helmsley <laughs> and uh, Godwin were in okay. a hog pen match. I thought that was kind of fun. Uh-huh. <laughs> and there is a spot <laughs> at the end of that match with uh, Hunter Hearst and uh, Henry. Henry wins. Triple H is just, like, flipping and flopping in the mud. You know how people do at the end of it. They just keep slipping and sliding. Yeah, yeah. And somebody throws a cup of something and hits Hunter right in the face. <laughs> like someone from the crowd? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> comes flying, hits him right in the face. And he looks pissed for a second, but, you know, he's still flipping and flopping in the mud. <laughs> I'm going to have to go back and yeah, watch that for sure. It, it's a good match, too, but just when people get hit in the face, it's funny to me. Then we've got, I think, this is hands down, I think, Kevin Nash's best match he's ever had. And it's Bret Hart versus Diesel, Survivor Series 95, mm-hmm. where Diesel eventually turns heel after the match and snaps. But there's so many little things I like about this match, and... It's little things from 
Bret Hart, the story basically being, if Bret can get Diesel down, Diesel's in trouble, but mm-hmm. he's got to get him down type of thing. And after the match, Bret kind of wins with a roll-up. I don't know if you remember the ending of this match is Bret Hart's so beat up, and Diesel's trying to get him for the jackknife. He can't even pick him up to jackknife him. So he's kind of looking at him like he's pathetic. And then Bret Hart gets him in a small package. One, two, three. The camera catches Diesel. He go, motherfucker. <laughs> camera catches it perfect. And he's so pissed, sells it great. And I wish there was a little bit more of that of wrestlers being, like, pissed. Yeah. Not They do a little too much now, I think, of, like, the shocked face after, like, a kick out. Mm-hmm. But losing and being pissed is, I think, a little bit of a lost art. I'm not saying drop F-bombs, but yeah, right. it was great. So there's two two Diesels in my mind. One was 94 Diesel. I did not like him. With the mullet. I didn't like him. He was too silent. He was, like, standing behind Tron, just, like, pounding his fist in yeah. his hand. Just, like... I'm like, that guy sucks. And he, and he looked goofy. He didn't really talk much. His wrestling ability, I don't think, changed much from 94 to 95. But he was super charismatic and, and just awesome in 95. Mm-hmm. Like, that made me like him more. Yeah. You like the cool, hip diesel? Well, the one that talked a lot and was funny and charismatic. He'd be like, look, everybody knows Big Daddy. Big Daddy's going to win. I got Big Daddy. Like, I'll give him a little bit of a break. His opponents... He's facing that year. He's just facing Sid. He's facing yeah. Mabel. Uh, he did have a little bit of a few with Shawn Michaels, which helped him. But even against Sid, I thought it was kind of not wouldn't say super exciting. But it's two big men just doing two big men power moves. Nobody's flying off the top. Nobody's doing like chain wrestling. It's just punches, kicks, slams, and it was almost like power bomb versus jackknife. Yeah, like that's what it came down to for that. <laughs> Looking back now, there's a lot of talk now. You always hear about the click and all that stuff and how they, mm-hmm. everybody hated them. And At the time as a kid, I just these are just wrestlers. I didn't know anything about it. But looking back yeah. now, particularly this In Your House, In Your House, which one was it here? Uh, three? No, yeah. There were all three belts were on the line in one match. Mm-hmm. And also in the undercard, it was Razor of One and One, Two, Three Kid in a pretty like feud. So I'm like, wow, they're like the headliners of this card, and they're headliners a lot. Yeah. I did like the all three belts in one card match. This was Bret Hart, or not Bret Hart, Diesel was the WWF champ, Michaels was the IC champ, and the tag title team was Yokozuna and Owen Hart. But throughout the show, they're like, we don't know where Owen Hart is, he's not here. So Gorilla Monsoon's telling Jim Cornette, well, tough, you got to get a partner, and we're still going to have this match. Gorilla Monsoon I loved as the president, by the mm-hmm. way, that year. Loved the good guy president, Gorilla Monsoon. Was Jack Tunney was just boring, and I knew Gorilla right. Monsoon, so I was happy. Anyway, the match happens. It's a damn good match. I'll give it a watch if you guys get a chance. At the end, though... Did Yoko get a partner? Yes, it was the British Bulldog. Okay. Also in Camp Cornette. At the end of the match, Owen Hart comes running out. Like, oh, he's here now. Tries a missile dropkick, misses him, gets the pin. So then we've got Michaels and Diesel as the tag team champions. So they have all the belts right now between two people. Mm -hmm. I was wondering, like, like, how did they end up losing those? What the hell happened? So I watched the next night's Raw... And they had a storyline where Jim Cornette had Clarence Mason as attorney threatening to sue <laughs> Gorilla Monsoon and all this stuff. So they reversed the decision, gave the titles back to uh, Yoko and Owen. And the reason was because Owen wasn't in the match. They already agreed it was Bulldog, mm-hmm. which was weird. Like, why do the title change anyway? Why not just do a DQ? Later that night, they have Yoko and Owen lose the titles to the Smoking Guns, Bart and Billy Gunn. So that's kind of where that went. It was it was a lot of yeah. stuff happening in a two night period, especially for that time frame. So right. you got to at least give them a little credit for trying a lot of stuff. In your house, 
Do you remember? Were you? Do you remember in your house stuff at all? Did you ever get to order one because they were cheaper? I never did because the year before there was just the big four. I don't think. Yeah, King of the Ring was ninety four. Also, the first one, the first. Well, so the first pay per view one was ninety three. So it was bad. Okay, so then it was like the big five. But then right. when I started seeing In Your House, because I was older and kind of picked up that In Your House was kind of just a corny phrase to use, and then they were using it and making it uh, these little pay-per-views that were half price. I'm like, I don't even know if that's a good idea. <laughs> <laughs> but I do remember when they first started it, yeah. Do you remember the giveaway, the house giveaway? Yeah, I got that on my list. What do you, got to, what do you, one. What do you have to say about that? No, I just thought it was a fun thing to do. And um, Did you enter? Would, I think I entered. No, I didn't enter. But I liked what they did the drawing. Like, uh, I forget, Stace, not Stacy, Stephanie Wydell. Uh-huh. And, uh, yeah, and Todd Pettengill. And Todd Pettengill. I thought they were super fun, just, I don't know, just having a good time, you know. So they're going to pick the uh, the winner. Todd Pettengill's like, oh, you know, we got any rakes. We got to mix this big pile up because it was like, I don't know, like a 16 by 5 by 4, like just big clear tub of like envelopes in it. And they're getting like lawn rakes. They're trying to mix up, uh-huh. <laughs> mix up the envelopes. And then Stephanie is like, she's like, oh my God, I can't believe, yeah, this is good. They jump in and they pull one out. And she's like super smiling. I'm like, Stephanie's pretty awesome. You're a big <laughs> where, fan. I'm like, where where she? did she go? <laughs> I just thought it was fun how she just jumps in and she's like, pulls an envelope out. She's like, I got one, I got one. And Todd's like, okay, cool. It's like, and then they run it by these authorities that are, you know, is everything clear? Uh-huh. Is this all good? It's like, oh, we're good to go. So then they announce it, and he makes a phone call, dials a wrong number the first time. And Todd's like, oh, I guess that's what happens when you're live. Yeah, how embarrassing. <laughs> so they finally get it, and the guy answers, and the family on the other side is going crazy. And Todd's like, oh, my God, you want a house? And Stephanie's just in the background, like, smiling, like, oh, my God, aren't you excited? <laughs> I have a little bit of a surprise for you. Did you ever wonder what happened to that kid and that no. family that won that house? No. You never wondered? No, because I just watched it. I, I didn't no, no, watch I'm it. I'm talking post after they won the house. Oh no. Okay. Because I just watched it like three days ago. I didn't have time to wonder what happened to the kid. Well, you weren't watching. Other <laughs> no. people, I'm sure, wondered what the hell happened to the said kid. So I pulled out in the archives. Okay. The positively processing podcast archives. What was his name? The September 2008 issue of WWF magazine, and I knew I had this, and mm-hmm. I don't know why I knew I still had it, but I did. So we've got a little bit here of a follow-up with the winner of said house. This was a night in August '95. 11-year-old Matthew Pompicelli. Yeah, Pompicelli. What a house! I remember that. For, and here's here's his little interview. First things first. Are you living with the? Are you still living in the house? No, I don't own the house. We sold it six months after I won it. <laughs> We just moved from New York to Vegas, and it was a big decision to move to Florida, home rent, or sell it. It was tough to sell, but it meant I'd have money for college. And then, how much did you bank from the sale? And he goes, I think it was like 175 k He's like, which is good money for an 11-year-old. Oh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> and then here's the question. How would you feel when you actually won? Because it was surreal. I filled out the form, and about three days before the event, my dad put it in the mail. We were at the pay-per-view that night, and we, we were dug out of the envelope, made the phone call to the winner. They dial, my phone doesn't ring. Turns out they had the wrong number, like mm-hmm. you said. Uh, they redial, and a minute later, my phone rings. My dad gets on. I can hear his New York accent <laughs> booming through the TV. Do you remember his accent? Yeah. I'm screaming in the background. Uh, I thought that was his wife. <laughs> no, that was him. I thought the guy who answered the phone was the winner, and the guy screaming in the <laughs> The person screaming was the wife. No, it was, it was the winner. So oh, the dad okay. answers the phone. <laughs> and then he got super popular in school, he said. He goes, do you have any fun inside the house before selling it? He goes, oh, yeah, I remember pulling up to the limo, 
and I got the cameras flashing. I got to meet the bushwhackers and a bunch of other superstars. We did vignettes around the house. It was awesome. It was like I was part of the WWE family for a month. I still have the whole experience taped on VHS. So that is what happened. They sold That was a wonderful follow-up. You're welcome. I'm glad you found that. You're welcome. 175000 doesn't sound like a lot for that kind of house. Is an Orlando house like a vacation house? Like a golf club resort and that kind of stuff. It looked like a million-dollar house to me. In 95? Yeah. I'm sure it wasn't furnished. (laughs) There's no (laughs) fridges, nothing in there. (laughs) There's no water in the lake. (laughs) No holes in the golf course yet. Let's, uh, I want to do this. Let's just do it now. Call the number. I'm going to. (laughs) So for those who don't know, constantly there's dial the 800 number to order merchandise. Mm -hmm. 1-800-TITAN-91. It was video games, VHS, T-shirts, all this stuff. Right. So let's call it right now. And see who answers. What do you think it's going to be? What if it's Vince McMahon here? <laughs> One in eight hundred. What do you want? This number is disconnected. Titan ninety one. Let me try that. Start over. So one eight hundred T I T I N A N T I T A N. Yeah. Nine one. Okay. Here we go. Come on. You got on a speaker? Yeah. Nothing. Come on. Come on. I guess that's what happens when you're doing stuff live. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like Todd Pettengill. Nothing. It's not even like saying do, do, do. Let's try one more time. Disconnect from Wi-Fi. Maybe that's something to do with it. Yeah, that's probably it. Here we go. <gasps> it's ringing. Who is it? Should I ask for to place an order? Thank you for calling Synchrony Bank Fraud Solutions Department. Aww. This is an automated system to assist you in verifying transaction activity on your card. This call may be monitored or recorded for quality and training purposes. <laughs> what are you going to order? Please press one if you were contacted by phone. Oh, the in your house pay per view. <laughs> this might be I like a scam. I the phone number you're calling from as seven zero eight. Well, you well, don't uh, want them to know that. This is the number where you have received our message. Or press 2 if it is not. Press 2. Please enter the phone number where we left the message, starting with area code, so that I can retrieve your phone. information. I like too much going on over there. Yeah, probably not. I think this is a scam. You have entered seven, <laughs> this is a fake four, number, so whatever. Four, This is all whatever. You have entered four, five, six, seven. Press one. Hope this pays off. Thank you. You just edit this out if it doesn't. I really hope this pays off. I'm sorry. I am unable to retrieve your call. Let's talk to somebody. Please hold while your call is transferred to a bug solutions representative. That's better pay off. That's the number that you di- that you would dial for merchandise. Right? Yeah, you not, remember the nine hundred number. I'm not dialing the nine hundred number. Yeah, but I'm not no, no, no. I'm just saying, like, you would call after the match, and you'd right to the wrestlers who won and lost, so you get to talk to them. Yeah, that was kind of fun too. <laughs> <laughs> what other steps you got while we're waiting on hold here to follow? Um, well, the nine hundred numbers, uh, AOL rooms, like the America Online room, I thought was kind of cool. The with the wrestlers typing. 
Yeah. Did you remember? Did you would you have to pay for that? Or was it like a chat room? It was maybe a chat room, but the one that uh, they were showing in um, in your house five was the nine hundred number, but it was the AOL like America Online room. I think it was America Online just sponsored the phone number for that night. The phone, so you'd have to still call the nine hundred. You still number. call the number, but they're. You but know, I remember they were like on the like, computers and stuff. Yeah, I remember that too, but this wasn't from In Your House 5. They were just sitting at a table with the America Online banner behind them. All right, we're going to give them 30 more seconds, then this is this bit's going to fail. <laughs> and as I was watching 95. Hi, I wanted to order the In Your House uh, All Titles in the Line shirt. I'm sorry, sir. I am from the fraud department. I am not for orders department. Well, a, a large should be fine. I'm sorry, sir. I am from Synchrony Bank for a department. You are dialing the wrong number. I'm sorry. Well, it, it's it's in your house pay-per-view um, with the, all three titles. I'm sorry, sir. You are dialing a different number. I am from the Synchrony Bank. This is 1-800-Titan-91, uh, right? No, sir. You are dialing the wrong number. Do you have any... Inst are they sold out then? It's not information. No, 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 no. It's not information. It's, it's a T-shirt. <laughs> I'm sorry, sir. I am from the bank. It's a different number. Please dial the number that you have dialed again. One eight hundred Titan ninety one. I'll get. I'll call that number. And then do you think they'll have those in stock or? They're pretty rare. So, but it's a wrong number for us, sir. Okay. Well. Um, Thank you. Okay. Mm -hmm. I don't know about, but it's in it, it's in your house. <laughs> He's so confused. That kind of paid off. No, I'm almost positive that's like a phone number scam thing where they call you saying, "Oh, we have your credit card fraud. Please do that." So yeah, call this number back. <laughs> okay, back to the show. So I was saying, I remember this guy who would always come down. There was like melees in the ring and just interference and stuff. They'd have officials come down in their suits and try to break it up. There yeah. was this one guy. I never knew his name. He, he was older, but he had like long blonde hair. Yep, and the like bald a mushroom spot. haircut. Mm -hmm. So as I was doing some reading on Wikipedia, stuff like that, it said uh, this one guy and Rene Goulet come yeah. down to the ring. I'm like, that sounds like a guy with a mushroom haircut. <laughs> so sure enough, I click Rene Goulet on Wikipedia, comes right to, you know, the guy that I'm looking for. I'm like, my whole life I've been wondering who this guy was, and here he is. <laughs> but he was like a staple, like in 94, 95, as one of like the officials or uh, agents. He just, yeah, he was around He was around forever. Like, yeah. he was always the melee guy. Right. What did he, does he say what his job was? It didn't say. It just said... Uh, I forgot what it said. It just said, you know, so-and-so and Rene Goulet come down to the ring to break it up. Mm -hmm. But there were like three or four other guys, too. But he was one that stood out to me over the years. Okay. What other ones you got from 95? What other random stuff you got? Well, as also as I was watching 95, I was kind of confused and didn't know. From my memory, earlier years before that, there were good guys. Say Bulldog, Owen, stuff like that. And then bad guys, Yokozuna. Just all these different things were just totally flip-flop babyface and heels. I didn't know who was who. But I thought one of the coolest um, stables was a million-dollar corporation. I okay. thought that was really cool. You liked them? I did like them. Even with Nikolai Volkov with his scent shirt because well, he was so was poor? Just, I don't know. It was just 
Million Dollar Man was this guy behind, and throughout the whole year, he had Bam Bam Bigelow, Nikolai Volkov, Tatanka, IRS, Sid, Kama, King Kong Bundy, One Two Three Kid, Santa Claus. I'm like, that's a huge stable, like throughout the that's year. That's right, Santa Claus was with a Million yeah, Dollar Man. So sure enough, people go back and forth, and one of the angles that I really liked going through that year was their little feud with the Undertaker. Right. I just thought that was probably one of the best, <laughs> I guess, sideline feuds throughout the year, you know, not including titles and stuff like that. But just IRS starting to stuff with Undertaker, mm-hmm. I think the previous year, because Undertaker's tax evasion, so now <laughs> so now you got to repossess stuff. The death tax. <laughs> yeah, he was repossessing headstones and grave plots and stuff like that. And I think it was Royal Rumble, he stole the um, urn. Yeah. IRS. And it was like a novelty urn. It was huge. Right. It was gigantic. Um, Undertaker eventually gets it back. And then later that year, um, Kama, the Supreme Fighting Machine, (laughs) steals the urn. And the best part is he melts it down and makes these big, gaudy, (laughs) I would call them big pimp chains. (laughs) So that was like his big rope pimp chain. That was the foreshadowing to the Godfather. It had to have been, because it looked good on him. (laughs) But I just loved the whole thing. And then Undertaker... Ends up fighting Mo Mabel. I'm sorry, Mabel in a casket match gets the rope chain back, and I guess melts it back into an urn. Mm-hmm. What they, you know, what they tell, what they say. <laughs> <laughs> so you're a big okay. I'll buy. I it. liked it. That's cool. I thought it was fun to watch. What is your? What is the best version of Charles Wright character? Is it Papa Shango, the Supreme Fighting Machine, comma Kama Mustafa, the Godfather, or the Good Father? Um, Who's your number one? Number one is probably Godfather. Okay. Number two is Papa Shango. Okay. What about Kama Mustafa versus the Supreme Fighting Machine Kama? Uh, I like Supreme Fighting Machine. Okay, okay. So he's three. And then Mustafa, and then obviously the Good Father's Good Father's. I don't know. Good Father was pretty cool, though. <laughs> okay. I mean, not cool in that year, but, you know, I thought he was kind of funny. Yeah, okay. he's last. Okay. Uh, and... Another thing that I have, let's go back to our talk about how great we thought the ladder match was between Shawn Michaels and Razor Ramon at, at SummerSlam 95. Mm-hmm. I rewatched this one recently, and I've heard them talk about this before. They weren't allowed to use the ladder as a weapon in that match, so they just had to kind of figure it out. And at the start of that match, if you remember, the belt one was set up wrong, if you remember. Yeah. So Michael made him pull it down. Right. Adjust it so they can get it. He got pissed. Yeah, he was legitimately like, come on, what are we doing here? <laughs> amateur hour. <laughs> the fuck is this? <laughs> this amateur hour. Right. Then they have the match, and there's so many crazy spots. This is the first time I've ever seen someone suplexed over the top rope to the floor. They would always yeah. tease it, but this time it actually happened. There's a lot of drama in the match. The finish was a little bit screwed up because the ladder fell. Mm-hmm. And if you remember, Michael's like leaped toward the belt, was holding on, and didn't fall down. So yeah. that kind of was a bummer. He was mad about that too. He was slamming the ladder down, climbing. And he couldn't it up. get it down. No, he and couldn't. He got pull pissed it. about that. Too. Yeah. <laughs> Damn good match. Was it? I honestly, I get the two mixed up. I know I like the SummerSlam one better, but was there a spot where Michael's gets hung up in the ladder, where he falls back, and his leg is trapped in it? Yes. Like the SummerSlam one? I believe so. Because okay. his leg gets trapped in the WrestleMania 10 one too, but he gets trapped in the ropes at the end. That's the finish. So he yeah. can't get to Razor Ramon. Mm-hmm. Just a really, really good match. And, I mean, we we could break it down minute by minute, but you guys can just go watch that match. It's right. an awesome match. And it's pretty famous. Most of you, if you're listening to the show, probably have seen it. But give it a rewatch because it holds up mm-hmm. better than I thought. Like some of these matches, the Bret Hart Bulldog from In Your House was better than I remembered it. The Bret Hart Hakushi better than I remembered it. 
Bret Hart versus Diesel at Royal Rumble better than I remembered. Yeah. So there's some good stuff throughout the year for sure. Part of the reason why I like doing this show is I get to go back and watch stuff again mm-hmm. or stuff I've never seen before. Yeah. So I kind of avoid it in your house stuff because in my memory, I'm like, that's probably just going to be crap. But yeah. you know, some of the some of the matches I watch, I'm like, okay, these are really good. Mm-hmm. Even, uh, I think it was in your house one, Sid against uh, Diesel. Yeah, that was the main event of the first. Yeah, so I mean, that was okay. I like their second match, the Lumberjack match. Okay. In your I house too. one. Go give it a watch. That's a good match, too, because then you didn't see this. Shawn Michaels versus Jeff Jarrett for <laughs> the IC. You didn't see this. <laughs> yeah, Shawn Michaels versus Jeff Jarrett for the IC title. Yeah. Another really good match. Very underrated match. Check that one out. One of Jeff Jarrett's better matches he's ever had. Okay. Um, what else do I have on my list here? We've got, I mentioned already, Gorilla Monsoon's president. Back to WrestleMania 11, the Lawrence Taylor Bam Bam Bigelow stuff. Mm-hmm. That started the Royal Rumble 95, where Bam Bam pushed Lawrence Taylor. Yeah. So I was trying to remember, like, the storyline, like, how it ended up going to the match. I watched the next Raw this week and the next Raw after the Royal Rumble. It opens before the Raw intro or anything like that. It's Vince McMahon staying there saying, we would like to apologize. And on behalf of what happened last night to Lawrence Taylor, Scott Bam Bam Bigelow has been suspended. So, like, you use his real name. Right. And you're like, oh, man, this is real. <clears throat> And they're teasing throughout the show that Bam Bam's going to make an apology for remote satellite. He's been suspended without pay. And the last segment of the show is Bam Bam having audio problems, can't hear Vince, which I don't know if that was real or they just wanted to push the, the apology uh-huh. for the next week. He ends up not apologizing. And, of course, we had the match, which I didn't hate. We talked about it last week on our celebrity show. I didn't hate it. I, yeah. I wasn't that upset with it. I do think it should not have been the main event, the last match of the show, but it was. I still think it was a good match. I still think Brett versus Diesel for the title should have been the main event. Yeah, for sure. And you got any other 95 stuff? I am all out. All out in 95? Yeah, man. I didn't watch a whole lot. (laughs) (laughs) I watched maybe like seven hours of this stuff. (laughs) But I was going through like the Twitter stuff. What was that? Tuesday or Wednesday? Yeah. Like just just reading everything. I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm going to watch this or I'm going to read up on this. So You watched enough. You watched a decent amount of stuff in the week. So some of the stuff that we've talked about was, well, one from the Twitter stuff that I, I looked up to and... What did you think of Todd Pettengill? He was all I over 95. I love Todd Pettengill. Yeah, a lot of people didn't like him. I was a fan. Yeah. I, I thought he was just corny enough and just goofy enough to to make him entertaining. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He was. And he, he played the role great. And there was an interview with him recently, and they were talking about to him about what he how he ended up there and all that. How he ended up there basically was Vince McMahon heard about him, heard his radio show in New York. I was mm-hmm. like, hey, I think you'd be good at this. So Todd basically only came for the pay-per-views, and he was the studio stuff. So he still had his full-time job in New York, would commute to Connecticut to the studios and do the pay-per-views. And he said he quit because after a while, it just came too much, and I had to let go. And he actually suggested Michael Cole to replace him because oh, yeah. he knew Michael Cole was a big wrestling fan. Okay. So now you've got Todd Pettengill to thank for Michael Cole if you're, Thanks, not, a Michael, if you're not a Michael Cole fan. Yeah. I liked him, too. I liked his uh, Livewire show. Or, no, WWF Mania. Mania, yeah. He was in the the studio. I liked that a lot. I liked yeah. him on some of the Coliseum video stuff. He was the guy who kind of pissed me off because he, goes, he would say, hey, did you rent your Coliseum video? Did you get your free gift? No. Well, go back <laughs> and get your free gift. And, like, I had a local independent video store. They didn't have free Coliseum video gifts. They right. did. I'm sure the employees took them. Yeah. So I would go back, oh, I have my free Coliseum video. Like, what are you talking about? <laughs> get out of here, kid. <laughs> I was watching, it was from 94, but it was at the tail end of 94, like Christmas time, and uh, Todd Pettengill had gotten a gift, like a big box. And Todd was like super excited. He's like, oh, I wonder what's in here. Yeah. You know, he's teasing it the whole show. So he ends up getting it. And that Stephanie 
whatever her name was. Not McMahon. Somebody Matrick, wrote, or yeah. Whatever her last name was. She was the gift. She just comes out, she's super bubbly and smiley, and Todd's like, oh my God, I'm so happy to have you. He's like, I'm going to be your host, or I'm going to be your co-host on Mania. He's like, oh, that's awesome. And then it didn't last very long. No, because she was gone by, uh, I think by even maybe after WrestleMania. Yeah, that was maybe, I don't know, whatever happened to her. i got to pull the archives of PPW <laughs> magazines to, to figure it out. That's a lot of what I had for 95. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't really have much else to talk about. Maybe at some point we'll do WCW in 95 because that is a it show. There's Hulk Hogan versus the monsters of the Dungeon of Doom where he says the famous line, there's no Hulkamaniacs here. He's going through the, the Dungeon of Doom. Did you ever see that? <laughs> no. Oh, my God. Hold on. I'm going to pull that up really quick here and play it and watch, let you watch it because it's so insane. You remember the Dungeon of Doom? I do remember the Dungeon of Doom. I don't remember all of the characters. I remember a lot of them just really weird and corny. Here we go. There's no Hulkamaniacs here. <laughs> all right. So it's two minutes. We're going to play it here. This is just some crazy monster. In like skip this here. There's no Hulkamaniacs here. <laughs> I've never been here before. That's some, that's some true uh, Thunder in Paradise acting right there. Ah, it's not hot. <laughs> Where is this place? <laughs> what is this place? Just incredible. He knows what it is. It's just, just incredible. Just incredible stuff. And it was amazingly bad 95 wrestling so i might go back and watch that wcw stuff maybe we'll do a fun april fool show and just rip on it for like an hour no (laughs) so then we're not we'll be uh negative the negative negatively negatively pro wrestling podcast (laughs) maybe that'd be on april 1st that'd be a lot of other shows out there right now that's going to wrap up 95 for us. Yeah. Before we wrap up the show this week, got a few tidbits and announcements. First off, there is a giveaway going on currently right now, uh, and I found a Stephanie McMahon Elite figure for like 5 bucks at Walmart. The box is really beat up, so if you're a Minton card collector, probably not for you, but it's free. All you have to do is go find the tweet on Twitter at Podcast, retweet it, and follow. You'll automatically be entered to win. I will announce the winner next week. I'll do it. There's actually a, there's random generators online you can use. So I'm going to put everyone's Twitter handles into that. Hit the generator. They will win it, mm-hmm. and we'll ship it out to you just for being a listener. I will continue to do more giveaways throughout the year and as I find stuff to give away. So make sure you continue to follow, continue to listen. I might make it a little harder next time to win. Maybe actually have to listen to the show. This is our second giveaway we've done. We haven't done one in a while. I think Mark Caruso at Mark Caruso won our first mega giveaway. He won a copy of Best Pay-Per-View Matches. You've got to do the sound effect. Mega giveaway. <laughs> I didn't add the, I don't have the actual effect. That was a, that was old school effects. Yeah. So follow us on Twitter at PPW Podcast. I'll post it up again, and uh, or you can find any other any of the other tweets. Just follow and retweet your automatically enter. That's all you have to do. Pretty easy to do. Also, I'm officially going to WrestleMania this year. I wasn't going to go, but oh yeah, yeah. So I got one of my buddies. I texted him. We were going back and forth, and he's taking his family to Florida, Orlando, in like June or something. I'm like, you should come to WrestleMania with me. And he doesn't watch wrestling. He hasn't watched since he's like, I don't know, he's a teenager. Mm-hmm. He's like, I'm in. I'm like, really? He's like, yeah, I need a, he's like, <laughs> I need a guy's trip bad. I'm like, all right. I'm like, you know, this isn't like, like, 
bro. This isn't like chicks and everything. It's 70,000 wrestling nerds in one area. Yeah. So if you guys are going to be there, please let me know. We'll definitely meet up and take a selfie. And if you're at a bar, I'll buy you a beer. Light beer, not a, not expensive craft beer. Let's not get fancy here, um, but definitely let me know if you're going to be there. Shoot me, hit me up on Twitter. I'm the tall, six foot four, skinny guy will probably be wearing a. Maybe I'll wear the Positive Processing Podcast T-shirt. There you go to find me. Um, I know a few guys, a few followers, and friends of the shows are going to be there, so we'll meet up with them. If you guys are going, definitely say hello to me for sure. And I'm going to try to go to WrestleCon and get Brett the Hitman Hart to sign my turnbuckle. That uh, ring skirt's made for me here. Turnbuckle pad. Turnbuckle pad, yep. It's pretty sweet, old-school WWF. Look at my Twitter timeline to see a picture of it. Because I think I was going to have like old, some of the old-school guys, like Bruce Beefcake, sign this and the Genius and stuff. Because they could be fighting and have like, gimmick guys sign it. But then I was thinking about it. Bret Hart took the turnbuckle better than anybody. Oh my so god! Hard. Sternum was, first, I was back write first. That down. Yeah, him and Razor are the only. Well, more Brett. Just he would just pound himself right into the turnbuckle, uh-huh. just make it look like he. The ring would so- like move. It was insane. Yeah. And, and, I, and then I noticed uh, Razor Ramon did the same thing. Like when he flew into it, he. Mm-hmm. But Brett chest went. First. Brett went chest first, hard. Yeah, chest first and back first. It was ridiculous. You know, and then Ric Flair, I guess, did the flip and walk, and then Shawn Michaels did the flip too. So those yeah. are some of your turnbuckle guys. And so maybe I'll. I was thinking about doing Shawn Michaels at WrestleCon too, but he's like 175 bucks. Oh man, that sucks. Yeah, but it's like you get three autographs. I only want one. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I'll figure out a way to get my autograph off my magazine transferred onto your turnbuckle pad. <laughs> yeah, right. I'll just wait till he comes around town again. And then maybe I'll, and then I've got a copy of King of the Ring 98 on VHS. I might have Mick Foley mm-hmm. sign because I think it'd be kind of cool. His famous Hell in the Cell match. And that's pretty much my plans. I've got pretty decent seats. I found them. So they just were, they were released. I'm in 145R, so like the risers, which is the f- section just, it's technically on the field right behind the seats. So they build little ramps, and I've sat there, not sat there before, I've been on them before. So you're a little bit elevated, as you can see over the people that are on the flat floor. So I'm looking forward to that. That's perfect. It'll be fun. Looking forward to it. New Orleans is a fun town. It's perfect WrestleMania. My buddy's supposed to text me back today. I'm t- trying to tell him the book where we're going to stay, and I think we've got a place, and just got to get our flight, and we'll be all set to go. So definitely come say hi to me at, if you're at WrestleMania. Any other stuff going on with you as far as current product that you that you're liking, not liking, confused about, anything like that with the current stuff, either Raw or SmackDown? Mm, I haven't really watched Raw yeah. or SmackDown. I'll kind of fast forward some of it. They're in a little bit of a lull right now. They're in the period before Mania. They've, if anything, like I watch the Mixed Match Challenge like every week. Yeah, it's <laughs> over, fun. over the Raw and the SmackDown because to you, me, there's just more fun. And the more personality shines through, and it's just, I don't know, it's just a more laid-back, fun show to watch. Did you see Braun with his giant stand-up bass played his guitar with Elias? Yeah, I did see that part. That was yeah. pretty good. And yeah. so what was funny is Braun's first strum of the string breaks, kind of breaks, breaks, <laughs> breaks these bass strings, yeah. and someone goes, oh, my God, I hope I'd hate to be Braun's girlfriend, would show that picture. I'm like, oh, that's gross. Yeah. But it was funny. I'm becoming a huge Elias fan. Oh, so am I. Who wants to walk with Elias? Yeah, I, I was walking with Elias a couple months ago. You were. You were ahead of the curve. And he's got to be careful. <laughs> he's going to turn himself like over real quick. He gets it better at making people hate him by saying this town sucks or whatever. Yeah. But look at Aiden English and Rusev. They're supposed to be heels, and everybody loves them. Right. Got a lot of mania stuff coming up. Uh, the pay-per-view for Raw, They're going Ronda Rousey's going to be there to sign her contract. We'll see what she's going to do. I'm curious, I'm a little bit fearful, I shouldn't say fearful because I'd be okay with it, that they're going to turn the title match for SmackDown from a singles match to a triple threat I hope not. with AJ Ziggler and I hope Nakamura. Not. 
I don't want to see that. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> okay. I don't need. I mean, I would. I would. What's I? People. Some posted on Reddit. Like, wouldn't it be hilarious that everyone who bitched about Ziggler being held down for so long, Ziggler wins the title at the worst possible time for everybody. <laughs> right. Because when it comes down to who do I want to see in a match, I'd like to see Ziggler in one on one. But right now it's not the time. I'd rather see AJ and Shinsuke. Yeah. In one on one, and then I don't know, maybe who would you later. if that happens? AJ versus Shinsuke. Who are you rooting for to win? I mean, I've always loved AJ, so I want AJ to win. I think me too. I think me too. Yeah. I'm going. So my buddy that's going, you're gonna have to catch me up. I'm gonna wait till the card kind of finalizes. Right. I'm thinking of like what matches to show them. Like, okay, this guy here. I think for AJ, I'm like, here, watch his match versus just match versus Cena from SummerSlam last year. Mm-hmm. And for Nakamura, watch his match versus Sami Zayn from Takeover a little while yeah. ago to see kind of like highlight stuff for them. If they have the Lesnar Reigns rematch, which is kind of rumored. Which, if it happens, whatever, everyone's complaining about it. Because mm. I think everyone's a little bit more okay with it now that we are getting AJ versus Nakamura, hopefully. I'm going to show them their first match at WrestleMania, which was a damn good match. Yeah. It gets kind of shit on a little bit, but or it did before the oh, Rollins cash in. in. Yeah. Yeah. It's a that, really good was, match. I thought it was a great match. It is. We talked about it before in our WrestleMania 31 recap show we did a f- way, way yeah. back last year. My favorite part in that match is when... Uh, Lesnar goes right into the, the post yeah. outside, and he just totally looks like he's knocked out. He's, like, spitting and drooling. Like, he just looks, like, legit, like, knocked out. Lesnar doesn't mess around. He doesn't no. mess around for sure. <laughs> we got lots of WrestleMania stuff to watch. I'm excited for my friend to come who hasn't watched, and I'm going to record a podcast with him right after the show. I'm going to buy a little recorder for my phone and say, okay, what did you think? I'm curious to see as a non-fan, mm-hmm. what did you think? He might be like, that was the dumbest four hours of my life, five hours of my life. <laughs> I doubt life. he'll say that. No, it'll be fun. And I'm, I might go to the Ring of Honor show just because I want to see Cody versus Kenny Omega. I might. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I'll be able to convince him to go, but it's only there's only so cheap seats. Saturday? Yes, yeah, Saturday night. Same night okay. as NXT, which I'm not going to go to. Yeah. If I have a choice between NXT and ROH, I'm going to go to ROH because I can watch NXT on the network, and this ROH I can't watch unless yeah, I saw buy the DVD. Impact Wrestling is doing a Friday night show, and they're airing it on Twitch. Like yeah. Impact on Friday, Ring of Honor Saturday, uh, WWF. Oh, there's Honor wrestling Sunday. everywhere. There's Shimmer's doing Shimmer 100 is going to be there. Yeah, saw that, that week too. too. Um, but they're pretty far out of town. They're like a rec center, like 30 minutes outside of New Orleans, so mm-hmm. I don't know how that's going to work for everybody. But I'm sure they'll get a good crowd. They always seem to. That is all I have for this week. Eric, you got anything else you want to talk about? Any toys? or Oh, we can talk about the, the Funkos that just got uh, pictures yeah. got set out. Yeah, I'm surprised there's not that many in this new series. It's just uh, Jake the Snake Common, and then there's a Jake the Snake Chase What's figure. the two differences? Do you know yet? Uh, the regular one is the green uh, pants. Which, to me, that's the one I would want. Yeah. The Chase one is more like a bluish, light blue pant, mm-hmm. but it's the same uh, mold. Does he come, does he come with a snake? They both come with snakes, Okay. Yeah. Is it so, attached to him? Yeah, I, yeah, it's attached. Yeah. And then the Shawn Michaels. So that's the only two that have come out for the new series. Yeah, the Shawn Michaels is his WrestleMania 12 gear. Yeah. His entrance gear. And I'm thinking I'm going to get that one. Um, he's my favorite of all time. I'm probably going to sell my other HBK, which was his, like, Pretty much his... It was like 95, 90, 94. Not, not even. That's like 92 or 93 because he doesn't even have hearts on his tights yet. Oh, okay. And so that one might be... Because the color scheme is pretty similar to him in the Rumble, 95 Rumble. Yeah. So but I he, thought that's, yeah, that's where they got but he, had, but he had hearts on. Um, so I don't need two Michaels ones. I have too much <laughs> stuff as it is. You know, I'm slowly yeah. getting rid of stuff here, but that's it. Yeah. Uh, they Oh, they released some of the new... For the figures coming out, they released the new Attitude Era figure um pictures you see those no 
So they've got Mattel. Matt, yes, okay. they're elite. It's Stone Cold Steve Austin. He comes with a Stone Cold SCU shirt with a hat. Okay. There's Chris Jericho who comes with a Raw is Jericho shirt, and there's The Rock who is basically like his, his silk shirt and the glasses mm-hmm. uh, thing. Let me see if there's anyone else. But the guys at Fully Posable at Fully Posable, they uh, sent a picture out of it. So that's coming out, I believe, sometime in the summer. That's the next next one for him. But yeah, that's that's like an Attitude Era. All right. Collection. Which yeah, if I didn't already have older ones, I would buy them. Like you, I only want one figure of right. character. I don't need I, three I, or four different ones. I almost bought the Teddy Biasi basic that's out now, the flashback, just because I want the green suit. Yeah. But it's a basic, so you know I'm not going to do that because I already have a Teddy Biasi. Mm-hmm. I definitely don't need two, especially for me not being a giant figure collector. I was on the fence with buying. Uh, I was at Target in Tinley, a town by us, <clears throat> and there was... The uh, Natalia basics. What I like about the, the female basics are the ones. Uh, they're almost like elites because they got the um, like the torso that moves. Yeah. And I almost bought it. It was like ten bucks. I'm like, eh, I don't know if I want it because I already have Natalia, but I have like I don't know, like 2012 Natalia. Speaking of fully posable, they tweeted out a picture too. There's an exclusive uh, Fye two pack of Sting and Lex Luger. Here's a picture of it. It's oh, okay. Blonde Sting and Lex Luger, which doesn't really look like Lex Luger. It's like a yeah. guy. There was rumor that there was going to be the ones from uh, whatever that match, uh, Beach Blast or some, whatever it was, where NWO formed, mm-hmm. that they were going to do that face paint for Luger. I'm like, that's not Luger, though. That was Luger for one night. Right. So I'm glad they did that without the face paint. Yeah, it was just the three for Best of the Attitude, Jericho, Rock, and Austin. Yeah, there's your kind of pictures of them showing Eric, which is great for you guys on a podcast. But probably full <laughs> of po- fully posable. They'll have pictures of them. That is going to wrap up our show for this week, guys. Thank you for listening. Thank you for jumping back down to 1995 with us. It wasn't so bad, as you guys it can imagine. It was not. Nope. Uh, follow on Twitter at fully, uh, well, follow at fully Posable. But follow us at PPW Podcast <laughs> for all of information on shows and how to win free stuff. Thanks, guys. We will see you next week.